What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turned Ours Golf Podcast. This is Liam, and I am not alone this week. Alongside me this week is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. Shriners Open. Tom Kim pulling out the win. I kind of talked about it a little bit last week on the pod, that if any week was going to be a good week for me, it was going to be on a short course. And the guy came through. I'll harp on it. You know, I said I don't think it was going to be his best week. I didn't think he was going to do bad, but I definitely think he was going back-to-back and having a piece of chocolate come Sunday evening. So good for him. If you don't know about the chocolate, he saved a piece of chocolate from when he won in 2022 and is eating it probably last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that there was a lot, I, I know you were off last week cause you didn't have a voice. And so there were kind of still things. don't, but we're working through it. Yeah. 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 The, the, the Tums and the cough drops are, are, are kicking in or not Tums, but the cough drops are kicking in strong. Um, and those are helping you through. Uh, but outside of Tom Kim winning, who was kind of the guy that that stuck out to you or maybe made you f- feel the best about how your week went? Well, feel the best about how my week went was Ludwig Aberg. I had a, a lot riding on him, which we'll get into. And after about 26 holes, I didn't think he was making the cut. Mm. So I think it's also completely worth noting. I know every single person that's in the golf world has commented on it. Shout out Lexi Thompson. That was bad ass. I mean, listen, I understand that maybe Lexi wasn't, if I was going to pick a woman's golfer in today's game, having someone ranked outside the top 25 in the world is probably not someone I would necessarily pick from a hand, but she held her own. I mean, she came out 69 on Friday, missed the cut by a couple. Two shots. Yeah. Three shots. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you had like there's guys. It moved up to three at the end. Oh like, yeah, that's right. Okay, I forgot about it. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I mean, you had a winner's pick, lost to her. I had some people that lost to her. She was fucking badass. So respect. And they played from the same tees, which I know if she didn't, every twenty eight handicapper on their couch would have gone nuts. So everybody take a chill pill. Lexi Thompson's a great a badass. Yeah, it was it was mad impressive. Um, again, her making the cut would have been been crazy. Uh, Jack and I kind of looked at the odds a little bit for that last week. I think it was her minus twenty five hundred to miss the cut. Yeah, minus twenty five hundred to miss the cut, and then make the cut was what plus seventeen hundred plus like twelve fifty was like the median. Yeah, yeah, it, it varied based on the uh, on the site, but I think I saw it up in some spots by plus sixteen hundred plus seventeen hundred. Uh, so she was probably the one that stuck out other than Tom Kim. Uh, just to name the other guys in the top five, uh, Adam Hadwin, Eric Cole, Alex Noren, JT Poston, uh, Taylor Pendrith. So pretty, pretty good list for middle of October. If I say so myself. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not throwing in, in, in Tigers and Rory's in that list, but in terms of swing seasons, Hey, I think- Hey, 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 Hey. Tiger won the Zozo a couple years ago. I know. For the Tw- record. 2019. Yeah, he was in it. Um, no, but in, in terms of swing season, those are all guys that have been popularized in, in these in these kind of middle-tier golf tournaments. And so, and so hopefully you had at least one or two of them. There were a few of them that I followed pretty heavily last week. And hopefully you could tag at least one or two of those guys and, and get yourself a good win. Um for me, it was Tom Kim, Adam Hadwin, and Eric Cole, personally. Uh, 
not not a bad showing from on that front. If I could just get the rest of the guys that I had that ended up missing the cut, it would have been a big difference. But do you want to go through your through your lineups? I know last week again you weren't here, so if you want to kind of go into detail on on your thought process on some of those, or maybe why you were why you did it the way you did, um, you can kind of divulge into that a little more. Yeah. Last before I jump in through, shout out Isaiah Salinda, um, Monday qualifier finished T seventh. Um, kid's a freaking animal. Let's just put it that way. Um, but FanDuel and DraftKings for my DFS, that the model I had last week was very bet dependent. I looked at a lot of position play and I, you know, like almost half my bets were made cut lines. So I think there was a lot of disparity in terms of what could be done with DFS. For example, you picked a hell of a lineup, at least on the top half. So good for you, but I went, you know, really safe. So I had like Nikolai Hoyard, Adam Shank, freaking Andrew Putnam, um, Bez, Davis Thompson, and Eric Van Runyon. It was just a really safe play. 50-50s, chef's kiss, single entries, kind of there, but not really making it in my sight. All in all, like DFS, I pretty much broke even. There's nothing really too fancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You did a little bit more of the the middling safe play kind of route. I went... Uh, first and last, literally and figuratively. Um, so I had Tom Kim in both lineups who won, but then I had Andrew Putnam in both lineups who finished, I think, T 120th. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a tough one. I had SH Kim in both lineups. He missed a cut. I had Nee Smith in both lineups. He finished T 42. Um, but again, I had three guys make the cut in both sides. So even though I had Tom Kim who ended up winning, I didn't really scratch out any money this week, uh, which is unfortunate, but you're going to have those weeks. Um, I just need to have more guys play mediocre golf, I should say, than anything else. But, I mean, the fact that that Hoagie, Putnam, and SH came all missed the cut for me in both lineups made things really difficult to cash. Yeah, it was funny for me because my bottom two guys on my lineup ended up just smacking you know, like Chesson Hadley in my FanDuel 8,300, he finished T7. Yeah. EVR, Eric Van Runyon, 6,800 was like 25th or 26th. Yeah. So those, I mean, if you're getting guys at that number, again, I'm at 7,500. If you make a cut for me, I'm happy. And to get placement points like that, especially T7 for Hadley, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, newsflash, you're going to get guys under 7,500 this week that'll play all four rounds. But that's for a different reason. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, all right, we're going to go through bets? Yes, please. And for everybody, again, I wasn't here last week. I literally couldn't say the word Tiger Woods if I wanted to, which if you know me, you know how much that pains me. Coming into the week, 4.48 units up, always continuing on a great trend. Like I mentioned, I didn't, I didn't have a ton of time to research because I was dying. Um, but I went really safe this week, a little bit of a bankroll builder. Top two guys in the field for cut numbers, Ludwig, Auberg, and Nikolai Hoyard made cut parlay. Somehow came out to a minus 159. That smacked. Um, just taking a look at the numbers because I don't know if, how much Liam went into detail, even though I do because I listened to it, but going to go over it again. 81% average of a cut rate between the two. Really, the ones they missed were not courses that played anything like this, so I felt really comfortable with that. Chad Ramey made cut line was minus 188, 59% cut rate last year on the tour, but really good numbers showing. So plus 0.53 units there. Akshay Bhatia had a made cut line of minus 188 as well. 
made the cut in 18 to 27 events. Um, he looked really, really marginal to slightly okay last week. Figured that, yeah. you know, birdie percentage is really what makes his number there. So that was a win. Ludwig top 30 minus 165. That was a winner. Top 30 hip in six out of eight events um, already in the year. And let me tell you, that was scary through 26 holes. Like I mentioned two minutes ago, I didn't think he was making the cut. Nikolai Hoyard, top 40. Um, he looked just marginal. It looked like he was struggling with one thing and it kind of snowballed into a couple things. That was a loss. Yeah. Bez, that looked tremendous through 36. That was a top 40 bet. Um, should have kept it as a made cut, but he went 39th year in 2022 and he was a T6 coming into the week. That's fine. I'll take that. Um, Nikolai Hoyard or Vincent Norman, that was a winner, minus 110. Norman missed the cut here last year. And the last three finishes, his average placement in tournaments is like over 52. And Nikolai has been performing really well, so that was an easy win. And then Davis Thompson, top 40, minus 115. That was a winner. T16 at the Sanderson, T30 at the Fortnite prior to the Ryder Cup. Pretty good form, just riding the hot hand. 2.08 units up equals 6.56 units up in the year in 2023-2024 season. There you go. Yeah, Jack's cruising Jack's cruising along. Um, another solid start of the year for Jack. Um, I can't say the same on my end. Um, I've come out of the gates stumbling slightly. Um I went to however, however, you may be stumbling this year. Last year you were blackout drunk getting carried <laughs> out the bar. So yeah, it's 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 slightly better, but it's really not the numbers I'm hoping for. Uh, going two for five this week. Uh, first one I had was Matthew Neesmith, top 40 at minus 110. The guy shot 65 on Saturday and just needed to shoot under par to get top 40. He proceeded to shoot plus one on Sunday and finished T42, uh, which is by far one of my toughest bets I've lost so far earlier in the year. Um, I had a top 40 bet on SH Kim at minus 130. That was a loss. I had a top 30 bet on Nikolai Hoyard at uh, plus 110. That was a loss. I had Adam Hadwin top 30 at minus 115. That was a nice win. And I had Eric Cole top 30 at plus 120. That was a nice win as well. Um, I'm glad I added in two bets because otherwise I would not have had Hadwin or Cole in, the, in there at all. So then I would have gone 0 for 3. Um so I lost 0.93 units that week. Currently, I'm negative 2.37 units down. You can make that in a week. You're good. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll push that back up. So uh, winner's picks. Yeah, I went um, Adam Shank, who did miss the cut. Harsh, yeah. considering how hot of a hand he was going into it. And I had Eric Cole finish tied for third. I thought at the end of the day, he might have pulled through with a victory. Looked really good through 70 holes, but... I'll take T3 all week. Again, we're playing PGA Tour fantasy rules. We're not doing pick five guys, the top five guys, and then two out of a hat and calling it a day. We're picking Damn. two guys, you know, over the course of a year. So, yeah. Um, similar start with with your guy as well as mine. SH Kim missed a cut. That was a tough one. Um, but again, I, I didn't plan on using him at like Masters Week or anything in particular. So, losing him on a missed cut at the Shriners. What if he wins the Masters now? Yeah, well, it's it's a great win for SH Kim then. Uh, so it is what it is there. My other one was Matthew Neesmith. He finished T42 again. Um, so it's that one's a very meh outcome if you're T42. So winner's picks or wild picks, sorry. Yeah, wild card. I had Eric Cole top 20 in round one scoring. That was a loss, and then he finished tied for third. Really <laughs> weird. Really weird. 
that's the uh, that's the Eric Cole effect. The guy doesn't usually rush out the leaderboards, but he always backdoors a T a T ten or a T twenty, especially so far this year. Um, for wild picks, this is my third uh, third straight win on a wild pick, so I should just throw these in my normal bets more often. Um, I had Joel Dahman top thirty at plus two twenty five. Uh, again, I I felt pretty nice about it, but I didn't love the number at plus two twenty five throwing it in a normal bet. In a wild pick, I'm all aboard. So uh, that was my, again, I started out kind of hot on wild picks. So I guess maybe that's where you follow me as opposed to bets. Gosh, I wish I knew his uh, his top 10 odds. That would have been ridiculous. Domin? Oh, yeah. it's got to be what? 500, 550? Oh, more than that. If 225 for 30, you're yeah. looking at the quad digits here, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I would have never been able to get to it. So that's fine. Or at least, at least in my own head. All right, yeah. are we going on to uh, the Zozo this week? We are, and everybody remember that because it's in Japan, we are starting very late, or in some cases, bright and early on Wednesday. So get your lineups in, get your bets in, because Wednesday night they're teeing off because that's Thursday morning. Yeah. Um, so DraftKings currently has the, the the start time scheduled for three a.m. Thursday. I I would not. Um, follow that plan of having your lineups in by 3 a.m. Thursday. I would have them in before you eat dinner Wednesday night. Um, I don't know when you'll eat dinner, but I would have it done before then, which is probably what six o'clock Wednesday. Um, I think that's a pretty safe play. Um, let me give you some course details. So we're in the Zozo Championship. We're basically in Tokyo, Japan. Um, is a par 70 totaling 7,100 yards. Um, you might hear that and think that's not that long, but it actually plays deceptively longer because it's got five par threes. Um, so it's just a little bit of a, a longer course once you get to those par fours and fives. Last year's winner was Keegan Bradley. Or uh, Jack, what's the nickname? Air Keegan, baby. Air Keegan. There we go. Um, Jack kind of said it. Tournaments in Tokyo. It's going to start Wednesday night. Um, the other part to mention is this field is only 78 golfers, so there's no cut this week. So all 78 guys are all going to play four rounds. So it's going to give you a little bit more flexibility. Um, generally, when this happens, there's not like a rule of thumb, but I generally like to play a little bit heavier on the top tier talent. Personally, um, there's no like specific formula that you have to follow, but just realize there's going to be no cut. So all guys are playing four rounds. Um, so this course is based like in the urban area of Tokyo. So it's extremely lined with trees. Um, and it's going to make it really tight from tee to green. So it's going to be more positionally based as opposed to the uh, like bomb and gouge that you'll also hear as a golf course. Um, the biggest challenge with this course being uh, a positional golf course is that five of the 10 par fours are at least 475 yards. So with rain and relatively cold weather scheduled for the week, uh, that's going to make distance important. Now, again, I just told you it was positionally a golf course. So you're going to need that nice blend of positional golf play plus distance, um, which is going to make it really fun. So, and don't forget uh, 14, which is par five is a 600 yard par five as well. Um, so that's also going to add a nice little bit of distance into the, into the round. Uh, when looking into the stats, you're going to get a lot of iron shots from over 175 yards. I would weigh this in your lineups and bets heavily. Um, you'll also want guys that are just good with approach play in general. Um, the top approach players on tour right now are include Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, Tom Hoagie, and Hideki. 
Um, those ranks are Colin at two, Xander at three, Fowler at seven, Hoagie at nine, and Hideki at 12. Um, you'll also want to keep an eye out for strokes gained off the tee. Um, these are extremely tight fairways, so you're not going to see as much green play. But in my eyes, it's a lot of approach play. It's a lot of off the tee. Yeah, you took some of my notes, so I'm right there with you. I love it. I got some stuff that I'm going to hold close to the chest for when we get to bets. I'm even going to save it for a little bit of a DraftKings. So if you want the top-tier information on how to make a boatload of money, stay till the bets because I have some information that will rock your socks off. There we go. Um, all right, as far as DraftKings go, let's go right into the uh, DFS lineups here. Do you want to loop to loop together these first four guys? Yeah, it's Xander Shoffley, 11,100, Colin Morikawa, 10,800, Sung J M 10,200, and Ricky Fowler, 10K. So all things considered, I know Tiger won this a couple years ago, but for a middle of October, no-cut field in the middle of Tokyo, Japan, that is a freaking stacked top four. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, you got four guys with four distinctly different breakdowns in the sense that – I, I guess they all bring their own sort of flair and style to the course. I mean, you have Xander, who's a model of consistency. You know, the guy's basically going to get a top 10, what, six or seven out of 10 weeks. Is that, is that a safe number there? Am I being exaggerative? I, I feel like that's pretty close. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a fine golfer. Yeah. 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 He, he you know, he occasionally hits a good golf shot. Um, so he's going to do well. And of course I mentioned his, his uh, approach play is great. Um, you have Morikawa that's outside of maybe Scotty's irons probably has some of the best iron. Pl- no. Well, dude, again, let me just preface this for everybody. Colin Morikawa's iron game. The average Colin Morikawa iron shot. No, sorry. The average Colin Morikawa six iron shot is more accurate than the average tour players pitching wedge. Think about that. That I- is a model of irons. Now, don't get me wrong. Combine everything, Scotty Scheffler's head and toes above Colin Morikawa in a lot of categories. But if you're taking a look at irons, and I want everybody to think about how accurate your six iron is and how accurate your pitching wedge is, Colin Morikawa's six iron is more accurate than the average tour professional's pitching wedge. Yes. That's mind-blowing. I'm only thinking about it in terms of recent form. But but you're right. Morikawa probably even does have Scotty, Scotty beat in that sense. So you're looking at the best iron player on tour then, according to Jack. So you, yeah, you guys until Tiger comes back. I was gonna say you guys can flame Jack then if you have other opinions on that. Um, and then we go to Sung Jay. Sung Jay hasn't really played since tour championship. Um again, this is this is kind of a course that he always comes around for. And I generally don't want to go against him in this type of a field. Um, but I think just in this range he's potentially the one guy that i could avoid and if he does well i'm 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 okay making that my miss for the week is that an accurate statement it is absolutely not let me tell you why because right, some well. jm has been in asia for a few weeks if you remember a couple weeks ago he finished runner-up or received the silver medal at the asia games which oh, now yeah. means he'll have no military um requirement through south korea which Congratulations to him and Siwoo Kim. Also, in last week's Genesis in South Korea, he also finished runner-up. So not only has he been playing amazing golf in Asia, 
he will continue, and you can learn more about that when we get to my bets. Well, he is he has not played on tour in, in since the tour championship. I'll say that the PGA tour. Uh, that's where I'm going with this. He has faced inferior talent. Uh, Ricky Fowler, again, we only saw him at the Ryder Cup. Um, similarly with Morikawa, he did not play great there, uh, but he has finished second, I want to say, in this tournament before, and he's he's got pretty good history here. Uh, I think last was last year he's second place, because I think this is where it all kind of turned around from for Fowler last year, where he really kind of decided, like, hey, I'm going to go be a great elite-level golfer. Well, elite, depending on who you ask, level golfer again offhand i personally can't remember i just know my man eric keegan took that momentum from boston yeah yeah there you go um all right so i I, it sounds like you like all four guys yeah so again i want everybody to say the bets because i got some good information here so i'm holding a couple cards close to chess but i mean xander shoffley's number one for me i don't think that's out of the question i think you take a look at just fantasy points per game in this field, he's number one by, I want to say, almost 30 points. So just made cut, top 10 placement, everything. He's just killing it. Model of consistency, I think he's number one. I got Sungjae number two. A couple for the reasons I mentioned, a couple for the reasons I'll mention in a little bit. I have Morikawa three, and then I do have Fowler four. Gotcha. I think that um, this is a really BS way to say he's number four because I don't really think he's any – inferior to any of the golfers I just mentioned. But I think when you go to the Ryder Cup, you're ill, you lose. He didn't really play his best golf. You didn't really see Ricky Fowler emotional fist bump. I just think that he needs a Kickstarter. And I, I, I think that one more if I'm paying 10 grand and he see a little more. That's just me though. Um no, I, I respect that. Um I, I could see Fowler Fowler being the lowest tier guy in this. Again, be I think in my eyes, I'll give my four. I agree Xander's probably one, and that's why he's $1,000 more than just about everybody else. Um, I think Morikawa in my eyes is two. Um, Again, with the iron play on this style of a course, it's going to be very important, and I think it's going to fit his skill set extremely well. I guess, I I mean, three, give me Fowler. Um, Again, this is kind of a get-well course for him, the same way it was last week for for Tom Kim and Taylor Montgomery. And then fourth, give me Sungjae, just because, again, it hasn't been on PGA Tour. You know, I understand that he played in the Asia, in the, uh, Asia Games. Asia Games, correct. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just not the same level of competition. When so. you think about it, half the field was probably playing in the Asia Games or the Genesis. So. I understand. One more thing, one more thing to add really quickly about um, Xander Shoffley. His last six rounds at Narashino is 67.67. So he is sporting on average between eight and nine under for four day total. So it's pretty dang good. There you go. Um, all right. We're going to loop into this 9K range now. Yeah. Starting at the top, Hideki Matsuyama, all the way down to Sahithigala at a flat 9K. There you go. Uh, yeah, there's what only six guys in this range, but I think personally they're almost all heavy hitters uh, to an extent. I think Hideki is going to be my main guy in this range, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, he again, I mentioned he's 12th on tour in approach. 
He's top 50 on tour in strokes uh, in strokes gained approach from 200 plus yards. The guy also has won this tournament in the past. And I feel like he always kind of finds himself again at this tournament. Like, like there's jokes that like, oh, sometimes Hideki just doesn't have it. This is a tournament where when he doesn't have it, he almost always finds it. Like he almost always is like, oh, I'm back home and in Japan. All right, let me go rattle off like a top 10 now. I can do this. And so he he's going to be my main guy in this 9K range. Um, I'm going to save your guy because I know you're a fan of him in here. Uh, Min Woo Lee is not the worst option. He just won't. Him, him Woo Lee. Him, him Woo Lee is a pretty good option. Um, he just won last week. Correct. Uh, I'm spacing on the tournament, but it was on the world tour. I All I know, it was freaking dominating. 30, 30 under. It was insane. He absolutely was- crushed it. Uh, his swing is so good. Yeah, I think he, uh, again, just because of form alone, um, him, Lee would probably be my second choice in this option. Um, as far as guys, I just, I'm not feeling this week. Um, the Gala was a great win a couple weeks ago at the, at the not the Fortnite. Yeah, the Fortnite. Um, but I'm just going to uh, stay away and, and, and let him kind of, you know, enjoy that win because let's see how much of it is like a hangover for him. And then Adam Scott just doesn't, necessarily have on paper the metrics to do well in this course i know he potentially will um but i'm okay missing that if adam scott pops off and and goes crazy this week yeah i think you made a really good list i think for me i'm i love hideki matsuyama i love what he stands for again i'll say it over time and time again it's caddy moment one of the coolest things i've ever seen in his three wood into the 72nd hole at the sony open was one of the best shots i've ever seen in my life but I think this will be a really telling week for Hideki in one sense or another. Last year, three quarters of his body was injured enough to land on a questionable report like fantasy football. So I'm hoping a couple weeks off really set in stone, you know, maybe taking, you know, his hand or a golf club out of his hands for a couple weeks. So I would like to see one round before I really jump at him. I agree that um, Sahith might be a little bit scarier of a play, but, you know, he's had a win. His debut in the Zozo last year, he finished fifth. So I think he's got really good distance. I think he might have a little bit of confidence coming in here. Keegan Bradley, Eric Keegan. I mean, this guy's guy is awesome. You know, last year won it T for tied 13th or tied for 15th in 2019 and then seventh in 2021, the year before. So those three years, that's a pretty good average on this course. So he's really caught my eye. Um, everybody's talking a little bit about Cam Davis. Um, he is on a heater. He's yeah. got like six for six with like four top tens or five top tens. I really like it. Again, every time I watch Cam Davis in a big event, I always feel like he starts to do a little bit of a teeter. And I think that a lot of people that read into metrics like that make it a little bit of um, you know, a recency bias. And they see that and they just bet him to death. So I'm a little scared to go there. I do think Adam Scott is an interesting play. Um, Adam Scott is one of those guys that is just so boring, not boring, but like really, really good. He wins worldwide. You can say, no, he is boring. He's a, he's a little boring to watch. I say boring, but as a golf nerd, like I love watching Patrick Cantlay. I love the way he positions the ball. Adam Scott doesn't necessarily hit a 400 yard shot. He doesn't smack it, but he wins all over the world. He missed the cut last week in Asia, but I think he's taking that bullet train to Tokyo. And I think he's going to do okay. 
the challenge with Adam Scott is that like, especially recently, I feel like with him, when you, when you look at potentially betting him, the guy will he'll finish, you know, he'll make the cut and then shoot plus nine on the weekend, or he'll, or he'll miss the cut by four strokes or he'll finish top five. Like he's, he's all across the board. There's so much like volatility maybe in his finishes is, is, is that's probably the best way to volatility i think the big problem for adam scott's game and i think this is what you meant to say and you can correct me if i'm wrong is the volatility isn't so much on the over par it's his birdie percentage where he can go seven under but then he can go one under one under even so i think he has those flashes um and i think like to your point he's not the longest hitter and of course that's playing seven thousand for you know par 70 which is pretty pretty long yeah. Um, it is something that we'll have to monitor, but I don't know. It's Adam Scott, Hall of Fame golfer. He's gonna I, do fine. I like Eric Keegan He's gonna make the cut. better than better than that. Yeah, yeah. Adam yeah. Scott, yeah. Yeah, Adam Scott will make the cut, but give me give me Eric Keegan underneath at a hundred dollars less. So. Yeah, if you were to go maybe not everybody, but just you know, your flat top three, who are we rolling with? Um, uh, gimme give, give me Hideki one, gimme Eric Keegan two, gimme Minwoo Lee three. Interesting. So I got Eric Keegan one. I have actually a Sahith number two. Okay. I think unlike Akshay, which I did talk about a hangover cure after he won Barracuda, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember if it's Barracuda. But, um, and then I actually do agree with you that Hideki, I think he's one of the best fairway wood metal players on tour. And I think on that 600 yard par five, he's probably going to make birdie two or three of those times. And I think it's going to give him half a shot over the field. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm all over Hideki, like a bad smell this week um, in Sozo. So let's go into the uh, 8k range here. You see starting off with Eric Cole at 8,900 dropping down to Aaron Rye at 8,000. Um, there's a couple names that stick out to me right away. Obviously number one is Eric Cole. Mm-hmm. Got some information. Like I said, I'm keeping everything close to the chest as we get to bets to make sure you guys stick along and win some money. But here he has two top tens of the year, including a third and a fourth. So my man is doing pretty freaking good. His worst finish literally on the year came in a corn fairy event. Yep. So he's doing just fine. Obviously, you have Thomas Dietrich, who in the DP World Tours had a couple really good finishes, a seventh, and I think three or four top 35. So good for him. Obviously, Nikolai Hoyard, 12 for 13 on cuts. Not a great showing in the last two events, one PGA, one DP World Tour, but still a stud. Bo Hostler three for three with a top 10. Alex Norton, five for six with two top tens. Almost had a chance at winning last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Shank, who was on a tear to end the year. And then Aaron Rye, the green and reg machine. And GOAT Keith Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, don't forget your GOAT. Uh, you're all aboard it. Uh, I agree. I think Eric Cole is the is the miles and away top guy in this range, personally. Um I am heavily into Eric Cole this week. I have the stat. I have stats as well. I'm sure they overlap your stats, so I will. I will save them for it. Uh, but yeah, he's got he's got two top tens so far this year. And it, what I think his missed cut was was not on a non PGA Tour event, which I think is hilarious because as I'm listed three for four, but his missed cut I think is either Corn Ferry or World Tour. Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's kind of a funny one right there. The other guy I do like is Adam Svensson. Uh, when you look at his numbers, he's average or better in basically all statistical categories that matter at Zozo. 
um, tee to green approach off the tee. It, it's basically all on an absolute heater and he's finished 20th or better in both starts this fall. Um, his biggest, his biggest weakness is like his around the green and green and putting. Uh, but again, you can't look too deeply into that, especially on this style of a course. Um, and I think, I think Adam Svensson could be extremely beneficial to a lineup, especially at 8,200, if he makes sense in, in it, but if you can get yeah. to him. Out of all, they call him the green and gold standard measure, measurements of golf. He hits, um, I want to say five out of seven of those markers for being above average. So a guy like that at a reasonable price like this coming into a form, pretty much a guy you can target every time. Yeah. Um, another guy I'll mention, I, I don't hate Aaron Rye. Again, greens and regulation are going to be the big thing here. Um, I know his putting is absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't mind it this week. Again, I'm I'm kind of fading like putter putter heavy guys like Taylor Montgomerys and Harry Halls, although they're in recent form. And if you want to just follow the form, I understand. Anybody that's like predominantly putting based, I, I don't have as strong of an opinion on this week because they're playing on bent grass. They're only going to be like an 11 to an 11 and a half on the stint meter. And now if this is getting too technical for you, then you can just kind of like. You Should know, be faster it, than that. Uh, no, that's what they have met. 11 Dang. and a half, maybe, maybe 12 on Sundays, but like, it's, it's, it's like, not it's a, like McCray in July. Yeah, exactly. We are not playing, you know, super fast greens here. Um, so I think it's really going to kind of even out the, the putting ability of the best and the worst golfers. And a guy like Aaron Rye, who's great, you know, as Jack said, greens and regulation. Um, I don't hate going to that this week. Yeah, Aaron Rye. Um, I don't know if you watched him in France. Uh, I think he shot 158 through two rounds. It was like an 80 and a 78 or something like that. That was hard to watch, but a lot of good guys in this category. Um, Eric Cole is the guy I'm going after hard. Yep. Everyone else, maybe Adam Shank I'm going for. This is a little bit of a fade for me. Bo Hostler is a extremely hard fade for me. Now, Oof. let me tell you, if there was a cut line... I would stake a lot that he would miss the cut. Now, in these seven green and gold measurements for golf, ranking worse than average, he ranks worse than average in all seven of them. I mean, he's so he's that, the kind of guy. Sim, let that simmer. Well, he's the kind of guy too that's going to get a ton of action this week because because he's played so well the last three four weeks on tour, and so I think guys are going to be like, oh my gosh, Bo Hosler, he's playing great. Like, let me tail. No, not not the week to do it. And and, and I, I kind of looked into him as well. Same thing with Vincent Norman. He, he won two, three weeks ago. He's kind of on, quote, unquote, what people would consider a heater. This is not a tournament for him. Um, I would rather get Keith Mitchell. I would rather get Spencer. I would – I mean, I guess I would rather take Shank or Cole as well. I mean, uh, Cole's obvious, but I guess I would take Shank as well at that point over those two. Yeah, I'm so. taking everybody. I mean, I'll take egg on my face if Bo Hosser pops off, but – We've yeah. talked about it for basically two years in this pod. He'll go 20, 20, 20, 120, 120, 20, 20, 20, 120, 120. There's a pattern. Again, I'm not rooting against him. Um, it, I would be differently if I had a bet on him because he's a hook yeah. and horn. I love my Texas Longhorns. But if I'm going really this category for me is Eric Cole and a bunch of other guys, like I talked about with Vincent Norman on the PGA Tour, his average placement was 52nd last week. 
with a missed cut, it's even worse than that. So it really scares me. Emiliano Grillo, usually really, really good. Missed two cuts already on the year. Dietrich has been playing really well worldwide. Um, I think for me, it's as simple as that. I don't want to spend too much time in this category, but I think your top three guys are your safest three guys here in Cole, Dietrich, and Hoyard. Um, I'm I'm Cole, Svensson. I don't love a third guy. I mean, maybe at that point, just give me Keith Mitchell for the fact that he's going to hit 350-plus-yard drives. Um, you know, the closer you can get to the green, the easier the, the iron shots are going to be. So maybe give me Keith Mitchell at three. Yeah, I was saying safety-wise, um, I just think it's smart that, you know, Dietrich's making cuts. Again, obviously no cut field, but yeah. beating half the field. Hoyard, 12 for 13, still played fine. Callsman on a tear. I think those three guys are your safest bet. I think Svensson and a lot of DFS plays will make or, or make or miss some lineups, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I can agree with that. Again, I think Cole or I think Dietrich and Hogard are, are, are boring. And the fact that they'll probably finish like top half and that's about it. They'll finish, you know, 35, maybe to I 25. If Alex Noren had about 30 more yards in his drives, that he would be a top 50 player in the world, maybe top 30 player in the world. Cause his accuracy is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't have a strong feeling on him this week. If he beats me, then I'll, then I'll wear it. That's fine. I can, I can afford to lose to Alex Noren bets. Cause those are few and far between. All right. Uh, into the seven K range. Yes. And it's Justin Suh at 7,900 all the way down to Sam Ryder at seven K. Sam Ryder, jeez, what a time. Uh, hey, at least they're not showing his highlight on ESPN Plus anymore. Hey, you think you made a hole-in-one? Just a couple times. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, all right, well, I'll start off with Hoagie, just because he's kind of the 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 one that, that sticks out always in my eyes. Um, it's fall swing. It's Tom Hoagie. Guy's good at approach. This is an approach course. Play him till pebble. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like we said, that's actually a pretty good way to describe it. You play him until you get to Pebble Beach. Um, the other guy I don't dislike here is Mark Hubbard. Um, he's top 15 on tour and strokes gained approach. He's got two top 20 so far to start the year. I know the one week everybody bet him. He kind of, he didn't fall flat on his face necessarily. A little, little trip up the stairs. Yeah. He tripped up the stairs. Uh, but I don't mind going back to him this week. Cause again, I don't think he's going to get all the same action he got initially. Um, those are really the two big guys in, in my range here. Maybe Kurt Kitayama, uh, first start of the year, top 50 approach player on tour. He's the kind of guy that has the the ebbs and flows of a of a top five and then bottom 15 tournament. Um, so I know we talked about a few of those guys in the 8K range, but I would rather take a Kurt Kitayama and save the additional money in, in that type of a play. And this is where the degenerate in Jack comes in because – he likes watching DP World Tour. Every once in a while, he'll have the Asian Tour on mute. Yes, I do have access to those on my computer like a D-Gen. Number one, first and foremost, I'll mention Akshay Bhatia really quickly. Yes, I know since his win, it's been a very slow. Everybody that there's a Akshay Bhatia is very tricky because you have core guys like me who are watching him on all the golf OG YouTube channels when he was 14 and 15 on Whistle Sports. You have guys that watched him on the Callaway social media and really picked on him. And then they saw him win. And he has a little bit of that, what you call like the hangover cruise. I think with his scoring distance and iron play, I think a really good model at 7,400 for him. I think he's going to be a good showing this week. 
Here comes some numbers, though, or some guys, though, that you probably don't know. Rio Hisasune, I definitely pronounced it wrong because most of the time I'm watching this, girlfriend's asleep equals on mute. So he did win at his last World Tour event in France. He is just outside the top 100 in the official world golf rankings, and he's only like 21 years old. Um, I got some numbers. Get to back to me on bets. But remember that guy, my favorite guy in the world. I love to see him succeed, my boy Cam Champ. Um, yes, this is terrifying. I'm fully aware. But back-to-back top 20s, including a top 10, mad distance. And he finally, after six years, found his putter. Super happy about that. And then Sam Ryder, my last year. He's an approach boy. He's an approach boy. I looked at him just for the approach play, for sure. Last year, I legitimately started to dislike him because of ESPN Plus. No offense, (laughs) Sam Ryder. That's not on you. Congratulations. (laughs) This is a metric play. Um, Not the best odds. Not the best statistics coming into the week. But if you're taking a look at just core data on paper, this fits a mold at 7K. There you go. Yeah. Again, I didn't hate Ryder either. I was kind of looking into him, but it just didn't work out for me. Um, if you wanted to go back to like a Joel Dahman, I don't totally dislike it. I just think there are better options around him. Um, so that's probably the one other guy I would contemplate in this range. Uh, all yeah. right, 6K. Yeah, here comes some um, some rough numbers here. KH Lee, 6,900. And then all the way bottom, you have Kensei Hirata. Um, that is not racist. That's actually how you say it because I remember watching him on a YouTube video. But there we go. Number one, KH Lee is obviously far and away the most popular name for the most common golfer in this category. Yeah. Like I talked about those gold standard numbers, he is above average in only one of seven. Oof. Those numbers are definitely not a TPC course. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> take a look at a guy, Davis Riley, birdie machine last year. Could be at play. Kita Nakajima, obviously, the, arguably, again, I'll say outside of Tiger Woods, potentially the greatest am golfer of over time. I'll get to some stats on him in a little bit. Um, you have guys like Nagano, Ryoturo, Nagaro. You have Imahira, the guys down here, um, Robbie Shelton, Satoshi Kodaira. You have Semikawa, who took the Masters by a little bit of storm. You have um, Young Han Song. There's guys down here that if you watch a lot of Japanese tour, you would know. If you think I'm talking in a foreign language, it kind of feels like it. I mean, like Ryu Ishikawa, DP World Tour guys. You you do start to pick up on some of the stuff. You'll see. Yeah. Uh Jack mentioned a lot of the guys that are that are uh Asian tour for sure. But I'm I'm gonna mention one of the guys that's still uh a little bit more well known than that. Uh 6600 is Kevin Yu. Um he's he's sucked so far to start the season. Um, let me just be clear on that. He has not played well. Uh, but here's some of the stats. And again, this is some of the stuff we're looking for on a course like Zozo. Um, he's fourth on tour in strokes gained off the tee, 62nd on strokes gained approach. He's top 30 in both driving distance and driving accuracy. He's second in strokes gained green and greens and regulation. And he's top 20 in strokes gained approach from 200 plus yards. Those are some ridiculous, ridiculous statistics and those are really good numbers the big challenge is when you get to his putter where he ranks 194th um my word (laughs) yeah he is the last guy ranked in putting uh 
so if you are truly like trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel and you're like, well, I could go to one of these guys on the Asian tour. I don't really know much about, or I could go to Kevin, you at 6,600. That's why Jack's here. Uh, you can either follow Jack's lead or go Kevin, you at 6,600. The other guy I will mention um, is Satoshi Kodaiver at 6,200. He was kind of the, I don't know, golden child the last few years, wherever I felt like everybody was really kind of hyping him up. Um, super good iron player. Yeah, super, super good, iron, good player. iron player. Um, He's second on tour in driving accuracy, 75th in approach, and top 20 in approach over 175 yards. Um, Again, he's on his quote-unquote home turf. Um, And he's got, outside of Hideki, probably the most PGA Tour experience amongst Japanese players. Is that a safe bet? I mean, I'm trying to think of anybody else, but nobody else comes to mind. Um, it's hard to say because some of those guys bounce around, but I do have to say one comment about Kevin Yu. Yes. There's going to be a lot of people that see 194 and think there's like 60 other guys that played PGA Tour. The rankings are based on criteria per number of rounds completed. Yes. So it's possible that a lot of guys just didn't play enough rounds for the statistical measurements to come into play. So just wanted to throw that out there that usually between the season, there's between 225 and 275 guys that play. Usually it's around 200 to 205 that make the cut for criteria. So that is bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is not he is not a good putter. And I will reiterate that over and over again. Uh, but in this type of an event, you don't necessarily need it. And if you were scraping together for a six guy because you want to throw a few of those top names in, he's an option. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those those are really my two my two guys. Those are my shout out Aaron Baddeley. He's down there. Same price as always. He's putter heavy though, Aaron Vatley. Listen, he, he's I'm just gonna call him out because he literally stays at 6,500 regardless <laughs> if he won three events in a row or he's placed last. Good fair. for him. Fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, anybody else for you stick out here? No. And it's time for you to tell me your DraftKings lineup. Actually, I will say Mackenzie Hughes, 6,700. Don't hate it. Um. All right, my DraftKings lineup. Uh, I'm starting off Colin Morikawa, 10,800. Second, give me Hideki Matsuyama at 9,000. I wish, I wish everybody could see how, how big this kid's smiling. <laughs> I, I love this lineup, by the way. I, I have a potential that, in my eyes, see four or five guys go top 20. Personally. Personally. Um, Hideki is second at 9,800. Third is Eric Cole at 8,900. Fourth is Mark Hubbard at 7,600. Uh, fifth is David Lipsky at 6,700. I didn't even talk about him, but he's top 50 in tour and approach and top 30 in driving accuracy. And sixth is Satoshi Kodaira at 6,200. Yeah, David Lipsky, he's just, he's a really small guy. So I don't, I like him in some courses. I don't know if I'd pick him this week, but at 6,700, you got to dig for a guy. So I'm not fighting that. It was him or Mackenzie Hughes. I'll say that. And I just decided that it was uh, it was Lipsky in my eyes. Well, there you go. My DraftKings lineup, although I would kind of redo it um, after doing a lot more research, but I did feel good about this to start. Number one, I did go Xander. I bit the bullet at 11,100. I mm. did it. I kind of feel questionable about it, but <laughs> 11,100. I did jump to last year's winner, Eric Keegan, Keegan Bradley at 9,200. I have Adam Shank at 8K. And then here's where it gets a little scary. Takuma Kanaya, 7,200. Or excuse me, Takumi Kanaya. Rio Hisasune at 7,200. And then Cam Champ at 7,100. 
Yikes. That is going to be a fun Listen, time there in that low 7K range. This is going to be a week that if my research pans out and the statistics that I have pan out, I'm going to look like the smartest human being of all time. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be real sad. Real sad. <laughs> yeah, Jack might have a tough Monday next week. He might be a few drinks in by the time we start this podcast. Tough Sunday. <laughs> if, it, uh, if it goes rough for him on Sunday. All right, FanDuel, uh, my lineup is similar. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm starting with Kyle Morikawa at 11,900. Second, give me Hideki Matsuyama at 11,500. Third, give me Eric Cole at 10,700. Fourth, give me Adam Svensson at 9,800. Fifth, give me Kurt Kitayama at 9,000. And sixth, give me Satoshi Kodaira at 7,000 flat. He is the minimum price in in FanDuel and I am cool with it. Yeah. Um this lineup right here that I'm about to read is a hundred percent going to go six for six on cuts. Let me just preface that. <laughs> so uh Xander Shoffley twelve thousand incredibly high price I paid it. Mm. Sung JM eleven thousand four hundred Keegan Bradley ten thousand eight hundred Adam Shank ten one Sam Ryder eight four and then Young Hang Song at seven thousand. If you're sen- if you're sensing a theme this week, you can put one of these Asian tour guys in the bottom of of your FanDuel and DraftKings lineup. And if you pick the one that finishes in the top, what thirty five to forty, Jack, is that a safe number? And everybody else in your lineup does decent, you have a chance to win a lot of money off of people this week. That's what I'm hoping for. Because if yeah, you look that- at my bets, see some names. All right, well let's uh let's swing right into it. You go first. Like you got like what eight bets still, so keep going. Let what me start got? with the safe bets. Let me start with the safe bets. Okay. Number one, Xander Shoffley top ten is a minus one ten. In his last twenty four rounds, he's gaining twenty one point four shots in the field on approach. That's ridiculous. He's the third in strokes gain total, fourth in putting, and sixth in adjusted scoring average. Freaking phenomenal. Put that in. I love it. His top twenty odds were ridiculous. Um, Eric Keegan, I want to say they were what minus 300 or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, Eric Keegan, Keegan Bradley, top 20 plus 100. He's won here. I think he's hit this number three out of the last four years. Um, he's number five in strokes gain punting on bent grass in the last 24. Uh, he's number four in the strokes gain on par three, which we mentioned there are five par threes and seventh in adjusted scoring. Adam Shank, top 30 minus 163. Been on a heater outside of last week. Um, he's top 40 in strokes gained total, and that's spread across average of every major category. And he was 16th in 2022 here um, in Japan. Cam Champ, top 30 at minus 110. That guy's on a heater. Last two starts, both 9 and 18. He finished 8th here in 2022 with four rounds in the 60s. So I think he knows his way around the golf course, hopefully carrying a little bit of momentum. Mm. Akshay Bhatia, top 30 at plus 100. Hmm. He's 11th in driving and top 30 in every major iron percentage on tour. So if he can get the driver in play and the iron in play and he putts marginally, I think he can crack 28. That's all I'm going for. This is the kind of week for me where I'm going to have like an Akshay bet. And if he sucks, he might become a guy that I just don't put as a bet for a while. I mean, I don't need to just because of the fact that he, I feel like when I bet him, he sucks. When I don't bet him, he was great. And it's just so ebb and flow. Like you just let me know when you don't bet him and I'll put a (laughs) hammer on him. Exactly. Um, 
Sam Ryder, top 30 plus 100. Um, he's third in greens of regulation in the last 24. Number 15 in strokes gain total at 24.8 adjusted. So I really like those, those metrics that come into play. Again, preface everything before we get to the nasty ones. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned Cam Champ, cool. Eric Cole. Top 30 minus 165. Number five in strokes gained total with 18.3 in the last 24. Number two on bent grass in putting plus 18.9 strokes. Mm. And number one in strokes gained on par threes. That's a really good stat. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the time to play. Who is this? Um, as I mentioned, Rio Hisasune. Probably pronounced that wrong. Top 30 minus 110. Now, those are tough don't odds. Wrong. Don't get me wrong. Worse odds than Cam Champ, Sam Ryder, yeah. and Akshay Bhatia. Yeah. He's 21 years old, 103rd in the official world golf rankings. He just won his last event on the DP World Tour. In his career, he's 16 of 26 hitting in the top 30. In Japan, he's hitting this number at an 80% clip. Again, I know the field, but it's about half of Japanese. So on the PGA Tour, he finished top, top 10 in the Barracuda. And last year at this event, he finished 12th. So I'm, I'm taking a lot of momentum. I'm taking a guy. This is research. This is play. Going for 29th. If, if he wasn't so much more priced than the rest of the other Japanese golfers, I'd feel different. But on DraftKings, I think he's like 7,300. Maybe 7,400 even. Um, and again, he's got minus odds for top 30. Like, I get it, and there is room for him to beat those expectations. But, like, I don't need to get to Rio. Hey, like, let me let me just be honest. Odds are crazy this week because they're only 78. There's no cut. True, true. So everything's inflated. True. Um, all right, did you talk about Young Han Song? I did not. Young Han Song. Let me get into it. <laughs> this guy is someone that everyone's going to skip over this. Don't. Every major sports book outside of DraftKings has an average of this top 40 number being minus 143. If you go on DraftKings right now, it's plus 180. In his last 15 starts, that's including PGA Tour, Japan, DP World Tour, he's hit top 40 in 14 of his last 15. In, Jap in Japan, in 2023, on grass and Bentgrass, he has one win and four runner-up finishes in his last five starts. Think about that. His Here last five starts are one win and four runner-up finishes. Some include ties, whatnot. But this guy is on a freaking tear. Um, and I think at plus 180, when every other major sports book has an average at minus 143 as a lock. Plus, I forgot to add one more bet. I'm going extra this week. Sungjae top 20 minus 160. There we go. I mentioned it. On Zoysia Grass on the fairway in the last two events on the PGA Tour, he finished 12th and 6th. And when he plays on bent grass, his average placement is 22nd. So, all right, like there it. you go. You heard it from Jack, young Han Son. He's going to win this week. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just messing. He's got our top 40. Uh, for my bets, I'm staying, I'm staying top four. Um, and I'm staying the guys that have played on PGA Tour. I don't want to risk too much Asian, Asian Tour betting. Um, I have Hideki Matsuyama top 20 at minus 140. The guys hit that each of the last three times he's played at the Zozo. Um, I've got Ricky Fowler top 20 at minus 125. He had the best odds of the guys in the top four to hit top 20. Um, and I personally think all four of them have 
at least 75% likelihood to hit that. So I just literally chose that guy, chose which of the four are the lowest odds. and was like, that's the guy I'm going to pick for my top 20 bet on that one. Um, my third one, I have Akshay Bhatia, top 40 at minus 175. I know that's not the best number in the world, but again, this is a, a bet where I'm also looking at how Akshay looks when I bet him. If he plays bad this week and, or he doesn't hit this, I am basically going to be fading Akshay for the next three months or maybe until the Masters, depending on how I'm feeling, if he really Attention. sucks. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting week for me and Akshay for sure. Uh, my last bet, again, I'm doing a fourth bet. Satoshi Kodaira top 40 is plus 140. He's just got the PGA Tour experience, and I've talked about it before. So I'm going to I'm going to follow it and just kind of follow my heart because again, my my guys that I usually pick and put at the bottom of my FanDuel DraftKings lineups end up being some of my best golfers for whatever reason. Fair enough. Now, really quickly, um, we're bypassing winners because Liam, you are undefeated in wildcard picks this year. So please drop your words of wisdom as we get into this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three for three so far. I'm going to try and keep going. Give me a uh, old mother, Mark Hubbard, top 20 plus 225. Um, again, he's hit it t- two out of three times so far this year. And uh, I know he had that bump in the road the one week, but, but I'm, I'm all aboard it this week. And I think this is a good opportunity for him to, uh, to come through. He's got the ability to shoot like a 63 if he really comes out and proves it too. And knowing he has all four days to shoot that opportunity is, is, is kind of elite in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, his, uh, I think his hand also with me is like homeless Hubbard. So, <laughs> if, hey, listen, if he hits four wild cards in a row, we're not, Mark Hubbard's no longer homeless. Yeah, there you go. Uh, right. my, What's your wild card? My wild card's a little bit different. Um, yeah. I have win to be decided by a playoff. Ooh. Now, it is a little bit tricky because playoffs have become more rare in the PGA Tours. Golf has been getting just incredibly good, and players have been, you know, winning by four and five shots. Per average, it feels like now. What I think, though, is weather is going to play a really big role this year. So yeah. I think a lot of that weather is going to take out a lot of those 63s and 64s in consecutive rounds. So I think we're going to have a bunch leaderboard come. It's going to feel like Saturday afternoon to Sunday morning, yes. which is technically Sunday evening for Japan. And I think that we may see two guys pull ahead of the group and finish in a playoff. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the other way around someone won by seven. But I think that weather is going to be a really big factor, and I think we're going to see a bunch of grouping. And I'm hoping for a playoff at plus three fifty. Yeah, I know that a lot of the uh, a lot of the swing season events, the winner usually wins at somewhere in the realm of like low twenty under pars to potentially thirty under par. Uh, here at Zozo, that is not the case. You're looking at winners in the realm of, I think somebody got to like eighteen under a few years ago, but then I I think last year the winner was twelve under, thirteen under, maybe. Yeah, it's um, not high. And that's why Cam Champ with four rounds in the 60s. Now I know par is 70. So it's just at one under, but still four rounds in the 60s. I mean, like I talked about, Xander Shoffley's average is like 67.67. Yeah. Pretty good stats. Yeah. There we go. Um, all right. Let's get into winners' picks and then we'll, we'll get people out of here. Yeah. I went back to back. I'm going to Eric Keegan. We just saw Tom Kim defend his title. Eric Keegan's the man. Him are right, here. And then TPC Boston are the two plays for Eric Keegan. I like him. We going back. I'm to going. Bats. I'm going. My 21 year old Rio Hisatune Hisanune. I'll learn your name eventually once I start waking up at 3 a.m. with audio on on Asian tour. Those are my two guys. I think 
you know, one had one a year ago here and won one of their last showings. So maybe we'll continue with that trend. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go that exact same route, but I, I went a similar route. Uh, I like the Eric Keegan pick. Um, I think in terms of, of, of weeks to pick them, you've probably got four or five weeks a year that are known as like Keegan potential type of weeks. This is obviously one of them because he won here last year. Uh, for my winner's picks, I'm starting with Hideki. Um, cause again, he won here, he's won here in what, two years ago. And the guy always performs here. Um, so this is the week to, to bet him in my opinion, as a winner's pick, especially if you're all like, well, what about the Hideki injury concerns? If there's any week, he's going to come out and really try and push through it outside of like a major week. I think this would be the week because of, you know, his pride for being Japanese, basically. Uh, my other winner's pick is going to be Adam Svensson. And again, that's more metric based. Uh, but I think he has a good potential to at least be a top 10 this week and sneak in there and make it really enticing to try and win it on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Everybody remember, lineups technically lock Thursday at like 3 a.m., but really it's going to be closer to Wednesday at midnight. I would assume they adjust that with weather. I'm sure they'll probably start early tea times, maybe even earlier, which is a shame. Yeah. But get those lineups in. Do your own research. Hopefully listen to me. Uh <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, hey, listen, if we just take a look at the last year and a half of golf, I'm almost up 100 units. So I'm doing something right together as a pod. I'm sure we've hit that number. Yeah. I mean, this is just awesome. I like the Zozo. I like waking up and seeing the recap. I like watching the end. And especially, I'm going to watch college football all day Saturday. I'm going to watch them. Oh, I know I won't be. It is what it is. We're gonna have to try and watch the uh, watch the golf when you can, because again, with the weird schedule, it's gonna make for a tough time to uh, to fit it in. You're either gonna have to stay up late or wake up early. But if you're if you're like us and you love golf the way you do, you'll find some time to sneak it in. Uh, this On is the phone pro- at dinner reservations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it work. Um, this is one of the, probably the heavier um, in terms of like top end talent for the for the false swing. Um, this is probably some of your better fields at the, here at the Zozo. So if you have any interest in watching any golf during the fall swing, I would recommend doing this. Um, outside of that, we will see you guys next week at the Worldwide Technologies at My Mayakoba, right? Are they still going to Mayakoba? We actually have two weeks because it starts November 2nd. So you will have another week off of hearing the Turn Dog Golf Pad. There you go. Maybe what we'll do is we'll come back next week and we'll go through some of our uh, – our masters or in our, in our uh, majors picks and things like that. And we'll, we'll loop all that in, but we'll let you guys know, keep an eye out for, uh, for a podcast potentially then next Tuesday, but we'll, uh, we'll go from there and we'll leave you to it. Good luck. And let's go make some money this week. Deuces.